Welcome to Geared Up, brought to you by National Car Rental. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. We have some new gadgets sitting here on the table that we're going to be talking about today. The new iPad Pro just came out today. Andrew's got it in his hands. We're going to be talking about that later on, on this episode of Geared Up. But there's also some crazy news that was just unveiled literally 20 minutes ago, Yeah, Samsung took the stage to announce the first foldable phone. Foldable modern smartphone. So not foldable like the old phones back in the day. You'd have your razor. Did you have a razor? Did you have a razor back in the day? I didn't have a razor. I know that I had an LG flip phone, which okay. technically was foldable, right? Yeah, right. But it would it would fold on a hinge, yes. and the screen was left alone. Samsung just announced a phone where the actual display folds in half. That's right. So we're going to talk about that. Explain what it means for Android, and also just get into the larger implications of this new form factor and whether mm-hmm. or not it's going to take off. But I want to start. Andrew, with a bit with? of a surprise. Okay. So I have in this envelope something that is uh, sort of a throwback from a company that we talk about quite a bit. Okay. This... Nintendo, Apple, Samsung, Facebook, Amazon. Oh, there you go. Ding, ding, ding. We got a winner. Amazon. Okay. This is Amazon's first ever catalog what? isn't this crazy that's amazon b- distilled down into <laughs> no, a book no, no it's not not the entire uh, <laughs> i was about to say that's very small yes. welcome to the everything <laughs> store <laughs> this is amazon's first ever holiday catalog and it really is fascinating to me because amazon is in many ways the modern version of the Sears catalog, right? Okay. You would, you would get the catalogs that come out right. and, and you would order it from Sears. And people still do this to some extent. My mom will bring a catalog in and really show it to my daughter. From and, what store? Uh, it's all these sort of online services that that have it. And so my daughter will go through it like and sort of circle things that she might want for Christmas. Okay. So kids do this. Like and a Hess truck? Exactly. You ever have a Hess truck? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so this came in the mail and it's Amazon's ultimate wish list for kids. And Interesting. It, and basically it's got all sorts of things, but there's no prices in there. Instead, what you do is you scan little QR codes like this one here. Okay. And Kurt Schlosser, one of our GeekWire reporters, he showed this to his kids and his kids assumed everything was free because there's no prices oh. in here. <laughs> well, I mean, it kind of makes sense, though, because these prices fluctuate on a daily, if not, you know, hourly basis sometimes. So they can't put a price in the catalog and then stand by that price. But hey, look at this. They really know their market here. Here's the sticker page. Mm, look at so that. So the idea is uh, remember all those favorite gifts with these stickers so you can take the stickers and put them in there. And nice. One of them is my daughter's favorite phrase, actually. <laughs> she, she, she likes. She really loves to write that down. She is a very positive little girl then if that's yes, her favorite phrase. Exactly. So yay. All right. So I just had to share that. I just love the whole notion. In many ways, Amazon is kind of coming back full circle in a lot of different things. It's gone from e-commerce to retail stores and mm-hmm. now it's going from e-commerce to Crazy physical holiday yeah. catalogs. Yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. There you go. Would you use a catalog for shopping? Do you still use a catalog for shopping or at least for Christmas? Uh, drop a comment down below. You know what oh. catalog I got the other day was B&H Photo. Th- yeah. Oh, yeah. You get those? That's a good one. It's like this. It's like an encyclopedia. Yeah. So let's talk about Samsung. Let's talk about it. We mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but they f- just today yep. unveiled the first foldable modern Smartphone, Correct. That so, is called the Samsung Galaxy F. Yes. F as in fold, I assume. Yes. Or foldable. Uh, yeah. It is, they call the display an Infinity Flex display. Yes. Now, what's interesting is that the iPhone here, right, 
iPhone 10 and 10s. Um, the reason the bezels are so small and uniform around the entire display, except for the notch at the top, is because Apple actually folds the display under the glass on both the top and the bottom. Any smartphone you see that has a little chin or forehead is not doing that, which is pretty much every other smartphone that is OLED. They still have these chins because they haven't been able to figure out the folding, you know, fold the display, but still make the display work. Samsung obviously has been able to not only figure out how to fold the display, but fold it in such a way that the fold is visible. And when you unfold it, it looks like normal. There's no cracking. There's no creases. It just looks like a normal display. So what they showed was a phone that has multiple surfaces, essentially. So it, when it's folded up on the outside, mm-hmm. you have a screen. Right. And then you can unfold it. And then on the inside, you have something that's a little bit more like a tablet. So right. it goes from sort of a candy bar. Like a small tablet. Form, form factor to a, a small tablet, like an iPad mini size. Right. kind of what it looked like. What was interesting, though, was this was essentially a prototype that they yeah. showed at this conference, and they did something really mysterious mm-hmm. on purpose. They dimmed all of the lights right. as they were showing it, so you could just see the screens, yes. essentially, and not the form factor. I assume that's because it was super ugly? Is that? I, I think so. I yes. think, I mean, I don't really get why you would announce a product like this on stage and unveil it if it's not ready for prime time. Like if this is not going on sale before the end of the year or even in the next three months, what's the point? True. Is the point just to get some people talking about you and that's it because, you know, it's the end of the year and you need some more people talking about your products or because Apple's just dropped a bunch of stuff today? Like why Here's here's. I think I have an answer for you. So this right. was unveiled at Samsung's developer conference. Yes. This is Microsoft's old playbook. And really, if you look back at what Microsoft used to do along these lines, it did not always work. What you do is you come out and you say, hey, here's this cool prototype. Isn't it great? Hey, developers, create unique experiences for this. Then you have a catalog of good apps that take advantage of these special features. Like you could have content playing on the top and the, mm-hmm. the, basically the cover of the thing, the case of the thing, right. and then you open it up and maybe it is still going on the inside or there's some sort of experience that spans the different screens on this device. So you could see where they're trying to get developers on board. I think that's why they did it. I can see your point, but I think there's a, a specific difference that needs to be understood here, and that's when Microsoft was doing this, Microsoft was shipping Windows, and everybody was putting Windows on their devices except for Apple, right? Yep. Here... Samsung is the maker of the hardware. They're using Android, the software that Google makes. Yep. But don't are you asking developers, Android developers, to make apps that just work on the Samsung phone? You know what I mean? Because if if Apple did this, if Apple announced a foldable smartphone, let's say next year they did that, developers know that every Apple customer that buys a phone that year has the foldable screen. Right. Whereas on Android, if you're let's just say you're Twitter, how much time and development do you put in to developing this feature for a subset of Android users? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I'm curious, you know, there are not that many I think Samsung is the only developer that makes apps just for Samsung phones. So 
is Samsung trying to bring in a new age for Android as a whole? Possibly. Including their competitors? Possibly. And they are saying this is the Infinity Flex display. Could they make this display available to other smartphone mm-hmm. makers? Is this a situation where, you know, just like Samsung would have flash memory that they would do, right. maybe part of their business is going to be essentially white labeling these displays for other device makers. And then it could go into broader use with Android. True. Very interesting. Yeah. And Google has said that they will officially support these kinds of foldable displays. So In Android. Yes, in so Android. So Android will be updated to support foldable displays. Yep. Can you see for yourself a practical use for what they showed today? I think – so here's how I'm looking at what they showed today. Obviously – it's not the shipping product. Obviously, it's very ugly. Um, and when I say it's ugly, I just mean it's it's thick as it's it's very thick. It's yeah. basically like two smartphones stacked on top of each other. Like yeah. this is or more than this because you have to account for the fold. Almost like the Surface Book Two, which I think is terrible looking. Just my own opinion. That whole accordion thing. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge I don't fan like of it. the way it kind of goes into the 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 wedge shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm right. not a huge fan. I don't of like that. that. But I feel like. We are in this era right now where we were, let's say, 30 years ago when people were carrying around those brick smartphones, those cell phones. They weren't smartphones, but they were huge bricks you held to your head. And today we have this, yeah. this thin, light, like this is – this does way more than that giant brick did. And I feel like we're back there again with things like VR and with things like this foldable smartphone. Like I would carry it around if it – when folded was as thin or maybe a little bit thicker than my current smartphone. But I don't want to carry two phones stacked on top of each other and then unfold it because what's the, you know, I don't know what the use case is of unfolding this. I know it's a little bit of a bigger display, but that requires two hands. Yeah. And one of the things I like about smartphones, one of the complaints I get or I have typically even with my 10s max is, it's kind of difficult in some instances to use with one hand. And I want to use this thing with one hand. So unfolding a smartphone into a tablet creates a two-handed experience. What is the benefit of that trade-off? I'm not sure. I think Samsung needs – or all of it. This is where we're going, by yes. the way. Samsung is not the only one that's going to do this. Everybody's going to start doing this. But you need to explain to me the benefit. And I'm not sure – what that benefit is. If you have any ideas, by the way, drop them in the comments. My theory is two things. One, the apps that we discussed earlier, if they can create unique experiences that allow you to do different and better things with a phone because it has these dual displays, one on the outside and then the foldable one on the inside. And two, if it does make a mini tablet easier to carry, and that gets directly to your point about the thickness of it. If, If it's not that much thicker than a current smartphone, but it folds up, and essentially allows you to have a tablet that comes out of your pocket, mm-hmm. then I think there's a huge advantage to it. So I, I, I'm intrigued by this. I'm not sold by it yet. And of course, they've got a long way to go. Samsung says they expect to start manufacturing them within a few months, the, and manufacturing the displays within a few months. Okay. So Just in other the displays, words, not yes, the phone. exactly. So you, you've got to wait a while to see when this actually comes to market. Okay. Someone mentioned in the comments, um, T-Git Shoes said it was inside of a brick case and they specifically said they can't show the design of the phone. Right. So that's why I guess it was hidden. But still, if it's in a, a fake case, 
then turn the lights on. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, why are you putting it in a I, case so that we can't see the phone? And then I'll turn the lights down too. I'll tell you why. Because there's a certain segment of the population that will just see that thing, not read about it, and go, that is ugly. I'm just never getting one of those. Here's a picture. And, yeah, I don't need that. Exactly. Yeah, that's All true. right. All right. So that is Are it. you excited? Yes. I, I, think it's, I think it's a neat idea. I like the fact that people are starting to go beyond the existing smartphone mm-hmm. and get into new areas. I think what you've seen, especially with the iPhone over the past three or four iterations, I mean, great. They got rid of the bezels and cool. I can now do a lot of different things with AR and I can sign in with my face. But and not all, a huge deal stuff. to you. Ultimately. No, it's, it's, to me, it's all incremental. When you start doing brand new things with foldable displays and all sorts of different things, I get excited because then there's the potential for new eras. You know, there's a, there's a potential for something brand new and interesting. Right. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Are you buying one? <laughs> how much? How much is it? I don't know how much it is. <laughs> I think it's going to be like $1,500. That's just my guess. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be somewhere We're in that range. We're starting at 1500 bucks. Much more of a novelty in that price range. All right, so that is a quick look and discussion of Samsung's new foldable smartphone. They showed a prototype today. We don't know what the actual product is going to be like yet, but... Very interesting trend in smartphones. Coming up next, we're going to talk about something actually tangible. That you can get today. That's right, the new iPad Pro. Andrew will give you his first impressions of this new tablet from Apple. That's coming up next on Geared Up. Welcome back to Geared Up. It is time for the National Car Rental Story of the Week. Yes, it is. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. All right. So before we jump into that story, Andrew, we want to tell folks about another show that you do called mm-hmm. Technically Speaking. That's right. You can find Technically Speaking on the nationalcar.com control center or at youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. That's right. I know you just recorded a bunch of Technically Speaking That's episodes. That's right. About two weeks ago, we they came into Seattle. We shot, I think, nine episodes of Technically wow. Speaking. And if you're unaware, that's a show where I tell you all about the best tech for traveling. So if you're a business traveler or you're just traveling for vacation, I tell you what gadgets you should have with you at all times. Very cool. Anything in particular that you talked about or showed on the recent shows that people should be on the lookout for? Um, the latest one, I mean, it's a very popular item, though. It's the Apple Watch Series yes. 4. Like, yes. If you're in the Apple ecosystem, you have an iPhone, the Apple Watch is almost – that was like the sleeper hit of the year for Apple, I think. Yeah. Like Most people were looking forward to the phone and decided – the watch was actually the big thing. Yeah. I got I got something to talk about on that. Well, we can, we okay. can move on. But but first, be sure to check out, technically speaking, on the nationalcar.com control center or youtube.com slash nationalcarrent. National Car Rental, the latest tech puts you in the driver's seat. National Car Rentals. Emerald Club will keep you there. Excellent. All right. All right. So, let's get into this story. So uh, the National Car Rental Story of the Week, we've got the new iPad Pro here on the table, but they... Uh, are excited about the MacBook Air. The MacBook Air, the new MacBook Air, yeah. Tell us about what's different about the MacBook Air. Um, what's different about the MacBook Air is that it is redesigned finally. Um, I think the last time Apple actually redesigned the MacBook Air was in 2011, which is seven years ago. And since then, they've upgraded it, but they've upgraded the internals and kept the outside looking the same. And the last time they even did that was a few years ago. So mm. Everybody expected the MacBook Air to die because there's the MacBook, then there's the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. Right. I think people just assumed, okay, the MacBook Air is going to go away and the MacBook is going to be the new light uh, computer. Yeah. Well, 
lo and behold, Apple updated the MacBook Air, left the MacBook on the sidelines this time. And now we have Thunderbolt 3, two Thunderbolt 3 ports. We've got a Retina display finally in the MacBook Air. The MacBook Air is like, that was like the most selling laptop, Hmm. especially Ultrabook. And so I think people were like, it's so long in the tooth now that why even buy this anymore? But the pros are so expensive and the MacBook is also kind of expensive too. So Apple went back to the drawing board a little bit and re-engineered and here we go. New MacBook Air, finally. So is this enough of a change that it would cause you to think about going from your MacBook Pro to the MacBook Air as your driving around, getting around machine? I think, you know, it's it's two different use cases. Like a MacBook Pro is going to outperform any MacBook Air. You know what I mean? Especially I have a 15-inch. So this 15-inch MacBook Pro is going to run circles around the MacBook Air, but that's a different use case. If you're just doing things like email and web browsing and, you know, light things like that, um, the MacBook Air is probably more for you, especially now that it has Thunderbolt 3 as well, so you can, you know, export video to a 5K display and things like that. Um, it gives you power but not, you know, over the top. If you're not doing video editing or, you know, 3D modeling or things like that, the MacBook Air is, you know, if you're into Apple and Mac OS, the MacBook Air is something to consider. Um, what's interesting to me, though, is I feel like we're on the cusp of Apple. Remember when Apple announced they're moving to Intel? Yes. They brought the Intel guy on stage and everything. Steve Jobs was a big thing. And some of the reasons they gave for the move to Intel was that, they have plans for the Mac that the PowerPC line and future of the PowerPC doesn't kind of match up with. They needed to switch over. They needed the lower power. They needed the faster performance. And I feel like now Intel is the PowerPC. Mm. And they did not update the regular MacBook, the 12-inch MacBook. And I feel like that is going to be the first computer where Apple puts their own chip mm. inside. And, I mean, the chip, we're going to talk about the iPad Pro in a moment. The iPad Pro, the chip in there outperforms every MacBook except for the the, the highest-end MacBook Pro. So the iPad Pro, which is a chip made by Apple, outperforms all of Apple's laptop computers and, according to Apple on stage, 92% of every laptop, mm. every laptop sold. So why not switch to that chip in your main computer line? Well, I think they're going to, but I think it's something that takes, like, you have to make sure, like, not only does the OS run perfectly on an ARM architecture instead of an x86 architecture, but you need the developers to convert their apps to the new architecture as well. Now, starting next year with uh, the next Mac OS, iOS apps will be able to run in Mac OS. So we're starting to see a little bit of a, of a convergence there. But I think, you know, it took so long for the Air to be updated because Intel has been constantly, um, I don't know if you know this, but they keep pushing back all, on all their new chips, their new, you know, smaller nanometer processes. Um, everything keeps getting delayed from Intel. And I think Apple, they're stuck. They're like, we can't release a new thing until you give us the chip that we need. So do you see a world where iOS and macOS essentially are the same thing? I think that's what a lot of people are hoping for and waiting for. Apple has multiple times addressed it in in interviews and even on stage, um, and then specifically said no. And like they dropped like this big no on the screen behind them because they think 
iOS is the touch interface, optimized for touch, bigger icons, bigger touch points. Mac OS is the more fine, like you use a mouse and converging them would be like Windows 8, which, <laughs> you know what I mean? Windows 8 was pretty terrible. Um, so that's their philosophy. I'm assuming that for the next number of years, that philosophy is going to remain. Um, but I am excited to see what happens when they put their own. I mean, they're, they're killing it in the chip game. When they put their own chip, their mobile chip, there's no one can touch them on the mobile architecture. What happens when they put their own chip into a computer? Yeah, very interesting. My big issue with the MacBook Air is I'm thinking about it more in the context of should I get a MacBook Air? Should I get a Chromebook? Should I get a, mm. a, a nice, you know, relatively lightweight, cheaper Windows PC? And at starting at $1,200 for this new MacBook Air, it's still pretty pricey when you're thinking about the types of things that it would re- replace. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, like, could this replace a Chromebook for me? And yeah, obviously, it's, and obviously, there's many advantages over the Chromebook in terms of performance and ports and everything else. But I don't know. It, it's just, to me, it's still a pretty, niche product in my mind i realize it's not niche in the broader world yeah but it's the kind of thing where it's it's tough to to find a place for it for you for me i mean yeah because again this is the most popular laptop that apple sells absolutely i understand the vast majority of what apple sells is laptops so but i think that is largely tapping into people who are really into macs really into ipads really into iphones to me that's part of being that's you're part of the ecosystem when you're going for the MacBook Air. To me, if you're thinking bigger picture, Chromebook, Windows, you've got so many other cheaper options that mm-hmm. the MacBook Air is a tough sell. That's that's my opinion. Chromebook, not that there's anything wrong with Chromebooks, except that to me, I see Chromebook as like education. Like I don't see anyone sure. who goes into an office talking about, hey, I got this new Chromebook, yeah. 32 gigs and a web browser and I'm good. Like, <laughs> true, true. you know, you're going with a Windows machine or you're going with a, a Mac OS machine um, if, yeah. you're out, if you're not a student, you right. know what I mean? Uh, student or home. I or think home. there are yeah. some lightweight home uses for the Chromebook that are really good. Um, college students, though. Yeah. I think it's more like if you're in college or you're getting your first laptop on your own, that's where you're making the decision. Do I go MacBook Air? Or do I go with like a Surface yeah. or something like that? And I think it's more of the gateway to getting into the ecosystem rather than I'm already in the ecosystem. Let me get a MacBook Air. Got it. Let's talk about the new iPad Pro. All right. Here it so is. So you got it right there on the table. You've got the Bam. the smart keyboard underneath it, which yes. is, looks really interesting. The smart keyboard folio. We got the new Apple Pencil. Yep. Let me take this thing out of the box. Nice. Now, this is a large tablet. Well, this is the 12.9 inch. Yeah. So now here's the thing about this, though. It is almost bezel-less. So you can hold that. Feel how thin it is. Yep. Wow. And the lack of bezel, right? So the yeah. previous 12.9 inch had the larger bezels on each side. Yep. So think about how much smaller this is now versus the 11 inch model which Apple kind of took the 10.5-inch model with ha- with the bezel and just stretched the screen a little bit to fill it to an 11, yep. same size. This one, they shrunk the size and kept the screen the same. So you've got, for all intents and purposes, I mean, there's a bezel on there because you need to hold the ca- hold the tablet, but it's the same. It's the liquid retina display, which me- just means the curved corners on an LCD, which we haven't really seen from really anybody. And this goes up to a terabyte in storage now. Wow. So this could, like <laughs> I said, terabyte? now remember, <laughs> remember what I said a little while ago, though, this is faster than 92% of the laptops that ship. Yeah. So you take a keyboard, you plug it into a keyboard, and you've got a terabyte on there. 
it's very similar for depending on your use case to having a powerful laptop. Now, if you're doing video editing, if you're doing things that require a keyboard and mouse, then the iPad Pro is not going to be for you. But if you're doing drawing or, you know, simple things like we talked about, similar in price to the MacBook Air that we talked about a little while ago, maybe you start going iPad or thinking about iPad. Look at the bottom, though. They've changed the port for the first time on an iOS device. It's USB-C. Wow. Okay. So what are the implications of that? You can plug this into a USB-C display and export a high dynamic range image. So you can plug it in and have an external display. Um, you can plug in pretty much any USB-C peripheral with the exception currently of storage. Could you do an extended display? In other words, yeah. you can not, not just mirror it, but you can extend yes. it. Yes. Wow. Yeah. And, and so, but then I'm like, I'm starting to think, wait, could I then use this as my main machine? In other words, is there enough here? Could, would I have to use some kind of adapter dongle that, uh, allowed me to plug in a keyboard and well you have the keyboard you yeah. could plug in an external keyboard but you can also buy yeah like basically remember the uh when you yeah. have them they have one they're making one for this so you have your sd card slot wow usb a usb c power it's basically a computer at that that's point. that's pretty much what they're trying to do is make this into a computer i think what happened is though because you know they they didn't come up with this design like a year ago like it takes time to develop a product and they were going to release iOS 12 was actually going to be a complete redesign of the home screen for the first time ever, a redesign of the home screen. And they delayed that by a year to kind of clean up the bugs and everything. So I think this was actually meant to be more of a computer replacement than it turned out to be due to the delay of the software. But I think iOS 13, we're going to see really what Apple has in store for the power of the iPad Pro but for someone who wants to use it as their main device. So this is the new iPad Pro just out today. It starts for the 11-inch model at $799, $800. And the the 12.9-inch model, which we have here with us, which is a – that is a big tablet. It's large. Uh, That starts at $999. So $1,000 will get you in the door. And I'm sure, obviously, that's the the lowest amount of storage. Andrew has here also the the keyboard. (laughs) That is not frustration-free packaging that you're dealing with there. That's true. I I actually have come to appreciate Amazon. Amazon's big focus on that, on the frustration-free. I mean, you you can't even. I'm getting frustrated right now. If you can't open it with your bare hands, they failed the test. That's all I'm saying. It. We can we can save that for later. Hey, so I actually have some complaints oh. about Apple, and I want to save those though for our third segment. Okay. So we're going to come back after the break. Complaints. I have three specific complaints that I want to get your take on. Okay. That's coming up next. You're listening to Geared Up, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Geared Up. I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. All right, Andrew. I said before the break that I had three specific complaints. Is it about the packaging and the fact that we can't get in this? (laughs) No, it's not about... Maybe that... So that's four. Four. Add that to the list. (laughs) All right. I got three words for you. Uh Uh-oh. Air power. Uh Uh-huh. AirPods 2. Okay. And unit sales. Okay, so it's four words. Mm. It's five words if you count two as a word. Okay. So let's talk about these. <laughs> okay. I fully expected an announcement about the release date of the AirPower wireless charger okay. at the recent the last iPad event. event. What the heck happened to this thing? Wasn't it supposed to be out by now? It was supposed to be out by the end of 2018. That's what they told us last year. We are near the end of 2018. There has been no mention of this product at all the entire year 
from Apple. I think they're having a problem with having the AirPower do what they promised it would do. Okay, so let's explain for people who don't know what this thing is, what it is. Okay, so the AirPower mat is a wireless charging mat, which there are plenty of out there. But what's different about this is that you're supposed to be able to put your phone, your Apple Watch, and your AirPods, or any mixture thereof, two phones, whatever, on the mat anywhere and have it start charging. And the thing with wireless charging is there's a coil in your device and there's a coil in the wireless charger. And today you have to kind of get the coils, even if it's not precisely on top of each other, like in a specific range, a small area. So you might have a wireless charging mat and you put your phone down, then you have to kind of have to move your phone around a little bit until it catches and it'll show that it's charging. Apple just wants to make one where you just put your phone down, don't even got to look, it just starts charging. The way they're doing this, at least as of right now, um, is they have multiple coils and multiple layers of coils. So you can put the phone and any of your devices down. But this brings the problem of heat. Hmm. So the problem is right now, they're so ambitious with this product that it's overheating. And you don't want that. You don't want overheating. We saw what happened with the Note 7. You don't want overheating electronics out in the wild. So my assumption is that Apple is going to still release the air power. It's not coming this year, but it probably won't be as ambitious of a product as they previously announced it to be. Because they're just fighting against, you can't fight against science. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's physics. That's what's happening here. So, um, it's disappointing. Okay. But also there are plenty of wireless chargers out there that are compatible with your iPhone. Even so, without a case. Even without a case. Okay. With or without, yeah, this did not require any sort of case. Right. So even without a case, you can get, you know, Samsung, like they're all cheap. They're all, it's a, it's an open standard. So you can grab any other wireless charger for your Apple, at least your iPhone. Not for your AirPods, not for your Apple Watch. All right. Speaking of AirPods, that's my other complaint. I okay. actually, this was my real complaint. Oh. Because I- Did I, you lose I, them? No, I didn't. Well, I, I've lost my case today, but I lose that about twice a week. <laughs> um, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, I I love the AirPods. Okay. And that was the one where, you know, it's going to be in a relatively reasonable price range. I was watching the Apple event waiting for the AirPods too. Okay. So I was like, oh, you know, I can spend- 150 bucks, whatever yep. it, whatever it ends up being and get something cool and new. And, yep. and I really love the whole concept. I, whenever I do lose them, the notion of plugging a cord into my phone and having a wire dangle from my ears to my pocket is just like, I feel like I'm back in, you know, some other era, you know? Yeah. It's, so like a year ago, you said that you felt like AirPods would make you look stupid yep. without the dangling wire. I, I do kind of feel a little uh, self-conscious wearing them really? around. Yeah. Still? Yeah. Interesting. I'll walk into some store and I'll take them off. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm weird that way, though. That's not the product. I'm just very self-conscious. So, the, But they did not announce the AirPods 2, right. which people expected them to do that as well, although it was not nearly as prescribed as the, the wireless charging dock. What were you hoping for in AirPods 2? Tell me that. I don't know. Did you just want I wanted Apple to tell me I wanted Apple to tell me something cool. I, I that's this is one area where I I'm I love this product. So I was just sort of like what could they do? I don't okay. know. Uh they have talked about health monitoring. So in yes. other words some kind of sensor do in a lot there. Of jogging. No, I'm not a big jogger. <laughs> not a big jogger. Uh but you know so whatever it is, I think it would be that's the kind of thing. And I like the price point. So that's my complaint number two. Now, hold on. Yeah, okay. Let's Before see. you hit the number three, Apple actually just yesterday, the Bluetooth special interest group, Bluetooth SIG, um, showed 
that they have accepted and approved a new model of AirPods. Okay. And it showed two model numbers, and I wanted to let people know the two model numbers are not two different sets of AirPods. They're actually the left AirPod and the right AirPod. Oh, interesting. But that indicates that not only are they working on it, but they just got approval, so they may be imminent. So it could be a holiday? It could be in time for the holidays. It could be a holiday, okay. For the new new AirPods. I don't know what that means for features, but... Um, you know, even if it's just something that's a little more sweat proof, a little more waterproof, maybe some of the features you mentioned. You know what I want? Tell Speaking me. of, I want uh, entirely uh, black ones, like like mm. not white. I, space I actually, gray, space gray. Yeah, something that's not like gray. these giant white uh, Uhura things. Giant. Well, I, feel, I always, <laughs> I just feel, I feel like I don't know the white things. They're very conspicuous. Okay, I'd much rather something that was a little more subtle, where people couldn't see that I was wearing these. Hundred and fifty dollar or whatever they are, yeah, a pair of AirPods from across. That's the, across always the been room. the color of their headphones, though. I'm curious. I mean, black is cool, and you can get them painted, yes. but you have to send them away, and you have to pay like a hundred bucks. Now, now you're a hundred dollars yeah. more in just I, to get a different color. I tried putting the skins on them, like the the sticker skins. Oh no, that just looked ridiculous. No, My that's daughter terrible. was like, I can still see them, and they look even stupider. Yeah. The, <laughs> <laughs> Your daughter. So she did not say yay. She, she did that. No yay on that okay. one. Okay. So that's number two. Number three. Number three, unit sales. Apple is going to stop publicly reporting that's right. unit sales for the iPhone, iPad, and Mac. That's right. This has been basically part of the Apple reporting and tracking culture for mm-hmm. Years and years, where yeah. whereas with most companies, people are betting on the earnings per share and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Everybody's saying, "Okay, iPhone, iPad, yep, uh, Mac sales are going to be this." And so, Apple, as of the next quarter, the beginning of their next fiscal year, they're no longer going to say how many iPhones, iPads, and Macs they've sold in a given quarter. Or you year. have a problem with this? It's no fun. Okay, I, I'd much rather know and be able to talk about and be able to see. Where things go. Where I things agree go. that it is more fun. Yes. Um, it's nice to know. However, Microsoft is not telling us how many surfaces they ship. Or Xbox. They, or they Xbox. Used to, they used to do both. Right. Samsung's not telling us telling us how many smartphones they ship or tablets so, or Sony's, computers. Sony's gotten much more sparse in terms of its PlayStation unit sales reports. I think right. they just sort of pick good milestones when it looks good for them and then they disclose it. I'm wondering if it's more of like a corporate, like our competitors don't do this. We're giving away too much. I don't know. I know some people are saying the reason they're not doing it is because they're not going to sell as much anymore. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. But these phones and these devices are cyclical. Yeah. So I don't expect that from now on, iPhone sales are just going to drop, 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 drop every year. That makes no sense. Right. So there are going to be quarters where the iPhone is down, but also where it's up. There may be more record quarters in the future. So that doesn't seem to be the reason why they would stop doing this. But I agree. It's disappointing because I like to know. I like to see how many have sold. It's interesting. Well, at the very least, you gave me a glimmer of hope there. I would love to be able to get some new AirPods for the holidays. For the holiday season. Great stocking stuffer, too, for people. Because it's one of those things people don't know they need it until you give it to them. Right. And if somebody has an iPhone in your family, it's good, cheap, but yet sort of premium hardware to get somebody. I agree. All right. Hey, thank you for listening to Geared Up. If you're not already, you should subscribe to Andrew's YouTube channel to see our live behind the scenes videos. Right here. You can do that at youtube.com slash gear live. Also check it out at GeekWire's Facebook page. 
And of course, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. Just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. If you like what we do, consider leaving us a rating and a review. It really does help other people find the show. Geared Up is a GeekWire podcast. You can see more from us at geekwire.com. Claire McGrain produces the show. Yes, she does. A big thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thank you, Claire. All right. Until next time, I'm Todd Bishop. I'm Andrew Edwards. Thanks for listening to Geared Up. Geared Up.